This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good afternoon, Rich. Good afternoon, Swindon Town fans. And we are just, well, now on the eve of our playoff game, which could be just one stop away from Wembley. One stop away from Wembley. Or it could be one stop away from our final discussion. Or this could be our final discussion. Ryan, some personal news. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving uh Covering Swindon Town is not just leaving like the world. Uh, so I've, I've spent about five seasons <laughs> covering Swindon Town now, uh, Total Sports. So I'll still be hanging around doing some stuff in Swindon, but not in Swindon Town. I'll be covering some other sports news for another media outlet as well. But I'll always, I, I was thinking I might just get some tickets to go and watch Swindon next season because I have th- thoroughly enjoyed my time covering them over the years. Well, there we go, Ryan. It's been a pleasure, whether it be this episode as our final chat or the final. What a way to go out it would be as well if it was a final. I know. Right? I would. I would have timed it just to perfection. If we go through <laughs> this fairy tale season, playoffs, Wembley, win it. Yeah, that that'd cap it off well. It certainly would. And in terms of the podcast, it's been really great doing these episodes. And I don't know if I've mentioned it previously on the pod, but you approached me to do this. This has completely been your baby. Um, it's been really really great addition to the podcast and i thank you very much for it and well let's see if we keep it going with you do do we have your permission to keep the press around? oh yeah yeah by, by far I'll, I'll enjoy listening back to someone else's voice other than my own um so yeah we will have a replacement uh doing 
Total Sport Swindon Swindon Town coverage. So it's not the end of that. Uh, that'll still be going as always. Um, it'll just be in the hands of someone else who I'm sure will do probably just a little bit worse of a job than what I do. <laughs> well, good luck to whoever that may be. Let's talk Port Vale in the playoffs then. So a bit later on, you'll be listening to Steve, the Port Vale fan who did the first leg with us. He's, he's back on to talk about the second leg. But let's focus on Swindon Town for this segment. A lot of fans have cited that Port Vale, you know, like to kick us about a fair bit, which always makes me feel a bit worried about the fitness of the players. But we got good news going into the second leg. No, no issues. Well, no news is good news, isn't it? They say, and and that's really the case for Swindon Town. A couple of bumps and cuts after some of those challenges that Ben Garner clearly wasn't happy with. Um, but it's it's you know it's, it's the playoffs. Every player is going to make himself available, and those little niggles that might probably hurt a little bit more during the calendar season suddenly don't hurt quite as much going into the playoff games. Um, but no, no new injuries for Swindon Town. So as we were for Sunday. And would you start with the same eleven? I, I envisage it will be the same eleven now. Um, whether it be this week or next. I'd imagine. So you've got that consistency now between the team selection frequently included in this formation and these players. They played well against Port Vale. They won. They, they've gone on this brilliant bounce now of five wins. And they now go to Port Vale, a team that they've won at previously in the season with really Port Vale having to do all the chasing. So yeah, I'd, I'd keep the team the same. Bet we know Ben Garner likes consistency and there's nothing more consistent than that. Yeah. I, I think it's some sort of rule in the playoffs where... The idea of going into a second leg with a two-goal advantage is preposterous. So we we ha- we simply had to concede um, a goal in the last 10 minutes or so, which was annoying. Garner was asked about former results at Port Vale. I mean, do, do we really look back at a 3-1 win months ago and think that it means anything in these, in these playoffs? It's a, it's a really strange one because Ben Garner starts by saying we don't really take anything from the league campaign, but but then throughout the press conference contradicts himself a bit on that, saying they will take some lessons from that as well. Um, I think regardless of what he says, of course, even though it was a few months ago, there's a lot of these players were obviously playing in that game as well, and and it'll be a moment for them to just kind of carry on what they've learnt in the last few games where they've gone on this remarkable run and you know, Swindon Town, you look at the playoffs, they're, they're the team in form, they're the, they're the hot team that really, out of the four, probably no one would want to play. So, f- fully high on confidence at the moment. Of the players who started away at Port Vale in January 2022, I would say about five of them won't play. So, Odomeo won't start, O'Brien won't start, Hunt is out injured, Gladwin won't start, and Tyree Simpson definitely won't start. Yeah. So, it really is a mixed bag. And the three players that came on were Leiden, won't play, Mitchell Lawson and Ryan East, who neither of those will play. Maybe Jaden Mitchell Lawson if we're chasing the game. Um, so you can't put anything on. There, there can be no comparisons. It's pretty much a different team. It is, but the comparison you can take is the way that you played against them and, and what their lineup was last time you played them and, and their style that they played. But to be honest, Ben Garner then kind of moved on from this conversation and he was very much saying how, you know, we've been in close quarters with each other now. We have we know exactly what each other's about. You're, you're not preparing for a league game. It's very different because you, you've you just played each other days ago and you, you know exactly what each other's about. So 
that's really the point of view that he's got going into this. Mm, yeah. Okay. Scenarios, various scenarios. What's going on? Well, it's it's a difficult one for Ben Garner to kind of manage scenarios because, of course, I don't know how much you've been able to watch at a playoff football this week. I watched Sheffield United and Notts Forest last night and, you know, Notts Forest went into that game leading on aggregate, then lost a match but drew on aggregate by full time and then had to go for extra time and penalties and they won on penalties. So there's a whole lot of scenarios. Swindon might be leading now, but of course going into tomorrow, as soon as that that whistle's blown, you know, Port Vale only a goal behind, clawed that back and then and then it's game on really. So penalties, of course, an outcome. Uh, and Ben Garner, he says he always maps these situa- situations out and says, I should say. Uh, he said, I map out how you think the game will go, how you react for all games. This instance, we just have to focus on winning the game. If we get to the last 15 men- minutes, then you may have to change some things around depending on the scenario we're in, which is, yeah, I'd say that's quite fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't, and I'm not nervous about this game. Mm. Not because I'm super confident. It's just, I guess it's still as time recording over 24 hours away. And watching the highlights from the Nottingham Forest game and, and for, following it during while it was still playing out, I, I got that, oh, 2-1's not enough. <laughs> I, I did get that feeling of, yeah, 2-1 is not enough. Of course, it, it ended up okay for Forrest, but that's not to say it will happen for Swindon. So we've got to be absolutely on top of our game. Garner was asked about players' reaction following the game on Sunday. All good. Well, it's very much as you'd expect. Yeah, good confidence in the group. Uh, he's really happy of how they are. He said there's confidence, but it's not overconfidence. Certainly no arrogance in there um, in the team. But he also said that, look, we can play a lot better than we did on Sunday. I don't I don't think anyone that probably watched the game, whether it be at the county ground or following along on TV, sat there and said, OK, this was Swindon's best performance of the season. It wasn't, but that, that's a sign of a good team whereby you're not playing your best, but you're still managing to get through and actually control large parts of, of the game. So, you know, he, he touched on the fact additionally of, you know, where you are trying to play to feet a swing and do you constantly get fouled? It does disrupt you. So we need the officials to be better on Thursday in terms of managing the game. Yeah. He's not been happy with officials all season. And he's kind of finally just starting to like put put the pressure on them building into a game now. I wonder how he'll react to VAR if uh, if we get to Wembley. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> One of the most frequently used cliches at the moment, heaven knows I'm using it, is weathering an early storm, which Swindon will almost certainly have to do. I can definitely see Port Vale taking an early lead. I think, as we'll get to predictions later, I'm confident we'll go through, but I do think there's going to be some drama, some peril, um, and I think that'll be in the form of early pressure from Vale, which may lead to taking the lead. We, we have to be on it from the off, don't we? There's just no other way. Well, you might think that, you know, you're expecting Port Vale, like you said, there to kind of put their foot down um, at the start of the game, try and get that early goal. But Ben Garner, you know, he, he doesn't really feel that way. So, look, our mindset is that we hope they will actually be the one that weathers the storm from us. So, Swindon are going there, all-out attack, really, is the word from Ben Garner. We want to be on the front foot, uh, go and attack the game, and don't want to be the team absorbing pressure. Of course, that's not how Swindon play. Um, it's really never been how they play under Ben Garner. He said, look, we counter-attacked very well on Sunday against them. Uh, could have had one or two more goals. So it's a really important part of their armory going into tomorrow night is it their ability to successfully finish off counter-attacks. 
the next question <laughs> was about travel <laughs> plans, which is um, which is interesting. Uh, it's becoming in vogue at the moment. Uh, a Port Vale fan named Huey um, tweeted earlier on today. Anyone know where Swindon Squad are staying in Stoke? If they are, I wonder why they might be asking that. Perhaps some fireworks, maybe. Perhaps it's becoming all kind of like you said, the rage, isn't it? And it's going to set fireworks. I mean, I mean, the firework business must be booming, and also the flare business as well. I can't recall last time I've seen a game recently whereby someone's not used a flare in the stand. Um, but I mean, that's 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 rather here or there on travel plans in particular. Uh, bang on, I didn't give too much away, so we're sticking to the way plans we've had all season we'll, and we'll six that approach to this game. My inkling is that they will be going up tomorrow, not tonight. Okay, well, let's hope uh, Vale fans aren't going to just set off fireworks over every, uh, across every hotel in the Stoke region, just in the hope that Swindon It'd are be there. some show, wouldn't it, though? Just on a random Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Oh, Swindon Town are playing in are playing Port Bell. Oh, okay, go back to bed. <laughs> it's a big occasion for Swindon. Um, you know, for all of the uh, this time last year talk, the stakes are, are so high, and it, it doesn't really matter where we were last year. This is about now yeah. and the future of Swindon and what division we're going to be. So it's a massive occasion. Um, lots of Port Vale fans in attendance, a sellout away end. Um, it, it, it's huge. There can be no denying it. If we get out of this division in a positive way at the first attempt, after everything, it's going to be massive and it needs to be done and it needs to be negotiated properly. What did Ghana have to say about the occasion itself? Well, of course, it, it, is a, it is a massive thing. And, you know, we kind of use these words and it builds a lot of pressure. And, of course, that's, you know, of course, there would be pressure. But for, for the players themselves, it's about also enjoying them. If you if you work so hard at your job and you get these moments, then you really need to enjoy the moments in themselves and enjoy playing in the match itself, not just see it as kind of this one big stressful encounter with so much pinning on it. Uh, ben Garner has that view as well. He says, look, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we want to perform and go and win the game. Uh, and these are the moments that you play for. You have to enjoy the process of it and the involvement in it. Because if you just focus on the result, then you'll look back and regret it. And, I, you know, I think when Swindon players enjoy their football, as you see, they do a lot recently. Just It, it builds something special. And, and that's probably why I've been able to go on this run. I reckon it's something of a novelty for managers to prep these sort of games. And they might say, well, it's a game like all the others, but it really isn't, is it? And there is a different feel to playoff games generally, both um, in terms of the way we football teams play and the way the fans are in the, in the ground. So I, I imagine this is something that managers quite enjoy yeah. um, more than anything in terms of playoff football. Yeah, it very much is. Ben Garner kind of, you felt a little bit of a different energy from him in the, in the press conference this morning. You felt really up for this and kind of just hungry to get to, get to Port Vale and, and attack, attack, attack. Um, you know, he, he said like kind of he, he's really looking forward to the occasion and a little bit later in the press conference, he also spoke about how kind of he's a person for the big occasion which you've not really heard him say and he wants those big occasions and he he feels he really enjoys them and thrives in them and that's the same as his team so you know this has been bigged up massively already but really to cap off what has been a, a crazy season for Swindon Town it'd be remarkable oh something else is he watching the playoffs though well he's watching championship and league one but it's interesting to see that Ben Garner isn't 
watching uh, Mansfield and Northampton. He didn't watch the first leg. He won't watch the second leg, he said, but the rest he's watched. Um, I don't know if that's a little bit of superstition there or not. Snobbery. Uh, it's, it's a bit <laughs> odd, you know. Maybe he's just kind of wanting like not to not to risk anything, uh, Ben Garner. Of course, at this stage, superstitions do come out. Um, maybe that's just one of his, but no, he's not watching that. But he has been watching players and he's, he said he's really enjoyed it and, and he's kind of got had a great experience in the playoffs so far when he got promoted to Crystal Palace into the Premiership and and also his time with Swindon sounds far, so he's loving it. Maybe he's not watching the League Two playoffs because he agrees with many fans that, that say League Two football isn't that great to watch. Maybe that's the real reason. <laughs> Maybe. You know, someone said to me the other day, he said, oh, I know everyone's kind of building the hype, but it is only like the League Two playoffs. And you're like, OK. Oh, I mean, behave yourself. I, I felt a bit like, because uh, I got... Who said that? Name oh, and shame. I can't, I can't, I can't. But my, uh, <laughs> my dad up in Scotland, he even watched Swintown the other day. There's no relevant Swintown for him. And uh, yeah, he thought it was a really good game. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Tactics. I can't imagine we're going to change too much. Bit of tweaking here and there. They're going out to win and they would have learned some lessons um, from the first leg and I don't think it requires massive tweaking does it no not at all you said we are adjusting a few things from Sunday um, and made have made changes to what we think will work better in this game but it is just fine tuning which you know leads you on to believe that there's not going to be any kind of significant removal of players or anything at all really um, he Bengon is really keen to big his players up going into this match and he said look we're on a good run confidence is high we don't concede many goals and and we look a big attacking threat going forward. So we just need to play to those strengths. And all he's doing is stating facts, but those facts themselves are very powerful at delivering a message. Yeah, and he was asked on the players' approach too, wasn't he? We might as well cover that while, while we're here. Mm. Yeah, he, he was asked about that. And you kind of said about how, you know, managing probably a team going into this game is, you know, very much that the players kind of do it themselves a little bit as well. But he said, look, I just see real confidence in the group but not arrogance, what we said previously. It's all about going there tomorrow and performing to the highest level. You know, the very cliche stuff, of just, we're just confident going into it and kind of almost that the team just want to get on with it now. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I recorded my conversation with Vale fan Steve before this recording and he asked about any sort of tinge of Swindon arrogance, thinking that we were already... At Wembley, and I've got to say, and as I'll say later in the pod, I've not seen any of that from the from the players at all. No, no, neither have I. I. I see confidence. I see sometimes a little bit of cockiness on social media, but not. Well, that's Harry McCurdy yeah, exactly. diving that's in. I mean. that's day, just, so that, that doesn't count. That's just, it's not, not arrogance. So every player is kind of fully aware of the situation they're in. Look, they're 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 smart players at Swindon Town. They've got some experienced guys in there as well. Some that are just experiencing playoffs for the first time in their career. Um, so they won't be getting carried away at all. Have we been practising penalties? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Ben Garner didn't even hide away from from this question. I think uh, after watching Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United last night, you kind of realised how important penalties are. Um, and he said this, he said, look, the players have been practising quite a bit after each training session. Um, there is a group that have been doing it properly by walking from the halfway line. And some of the boys have even been shouting verbal abuse at each other to try and replicate a possible penalty situation. So all I'm imagining there is this, this small group of penalty takers. Clearly, Ben Garner's got a nominated group sorted. Um, one of them just walking up and Harry McCurdy's just there shouting abuse at them as they try and score a penalty. So 
impossible to obviously replicate the same atmosphere from Thursday, but it's good to hear they're putting the practice in. Fair play for trying to make it a little bit different than just taking penalties, but I don't think you can replicate it at all. But um, it's good that they're uh, recognising that penalties might happen. Ben Garner was asked about experiences this season. Mm. Uh, what 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 was the basis of this question? Uh, I think really it was just that, you know, he's coming and had such a job to do from where we were. Um, typical kind of question we've heard from a lot of national outlets this, this year, whenever they get a chance a chance to speak to Ben Garner. But he said, I've had a great reception since I walked through a door. You have to be realistic in football sometimes. And I'd always done well in every role up until his last one at Rovers, which was for a variety of reasons. There was an opportunity here and the fans gave me a clean slate to prove myself. And it has been a real collective group effort this season, which is just lovely to hear. I think, uh, obviously, Rovers didn't work for various reasons. When he was first appointed, of course, Ben Garner, no one really had any criticism of it too much because no one really knew what the hell was going on at the club. Um, he's coming for criticism at times this season, but he stuck to his approach. He's clearly got these Swindon Town, which is a talented Swindon Town squad that he put together, uh, firing on all cylinders just at the right time. And for, for a first season job, I think he's done very well. We've seen Rob Edwards leave Forest Green Rovers for Watford. Uh, Matt Taylor's been linked to Charlton. Even Joey Barton's been linked to Burnley. Um, That would be quite something. And we've seen that 19 managerial changes or something like that this season in League Two. There will be a point when, you know, we build up all these scenarios, we highlight what an achievement this has been, but he's going to be on people's radars, football club's radars at some point, isn't he? He will be at some point, but um, yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about at this moment in time. We know he's got three contracts at the club. He seems very committed. He's not the type of player, uh, sorry, not the type of manager, I should say, that I think is just in it to try and get a bit of experience quickly, get a promotion on the record or playoffs and then Jump ship, he seems very committed to Swinton. I think he, he'll be there for at least another couple of seasons. Ah, sweet, naive Ryan. <laughs> That's exactly how it'll be, don't worry. <laughs> Shall we listen to your audio? Let's go for it. Morning, Ben. Just just a few as always, really. I, I just wanted to look at, you know, how much you prepared for the different kind of choices you might have to make at times tomorrow. Because you, you saw in that kind of not not sparse game last night whereby you know, you, you could be in one situation where you're leading at the start of the game, then, you know, it could bounce back. Then you go through just by clinging on to penalties, but losing the tie. How, how are you prepared for, for making those decisions? Yeah, well prepared. As I say, you think through eventualities and different scenarios um, and you find yourself doing that all the time. You know, when, when I'm driving, when I'm in the shower, you know, thinking time to go through different things and, and, and constantly sort of evaluating what could happen. I think the bottom line is we're going to win the game and whether we're ahead, whether we're level, whether we're behind, that focus and that drive is there and we have to do what we need to do to achieve that result. And, and that's the bottom line of, of where we are. Our mentality needs to be very good, which it has been. And I see a great desire within the group to get it done. And you mentioned mentality there. Is there, is there a part of you that thinks you might have to kind of be this psychological mentor at times tomorrow whereby you know the, the players might find themselves in different situations and, and you have to kind of keep them calm or big them up or, or 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 get them through those those moments yeah i mean it's down to the players on the pitch i i see myself as supporting them in every way possible um and i will do what i ever i think they need to help them in that game so um I, I, all, all i can say is that they will have my full support throughout every second of that game 
and I'll be doing my best to help them as all the staff. If we need to change anything tactically, if we need to make substitutions, um, but from my point of view on that sidelines, I'm there to help them and support them as best I can and keep them in the best frame of mind because um, I know they've got the quality and the mindset to, to win the game. And just finally, there, there were chances to probably score additional goals on on Sunday. So, has been has been any extra emphasis on you know being more clinical in that final third when when taking shots or kind of through on goal, for example. We always want that, you know, we, we always want to be more clinical, um, you know, take as many chances as we can. But I think we, we're we always going to create chances. We will create chances on, on Thursday night. We will cause them problems in an attacking sense because of the quality that we've got, because of the way we play, because of that bravery and courage that we've spoken about. So, um, and I will back these players to, to take those opportunities. If we create enough, we will score. Um, and we've got the firepower to go and win the game. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers. Now, Ryan, 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 it may be your penultimate episode. It may be your last episode, but I cannot let you have a third reference of Knott's Forest. What is the matter with you? That's not correct. I'm sorry. I don't know what else. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's Nottum. N-O-T-T-M. I'm sorry. It's not Knott's. The Notts County fans will come after you, and we have a solid listenership of Notts County fans. <laughs> oh well, it is what it is. Look, it was just—I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'll forgive you. Maybe um, managing different scenarios. So, what what were you looking was, for here? It was just an extension on the question that kind of Andrew asked previously. Um, it's just about kind of you know a deeper dive into how he manages the different scenarios and what could happen um, in the game. He he is constantly evaluating. Um, and he actually said it was funny. He said to us that, as you heard him there about kind of, he has all this thinking time. And he'll even do it uh, when he's driving. He'll be thinking about Swindon Town when he's in the shower, when he's just sat there at times. He's always kind of obsessed with Swindon Town and tactics. So uh, believe me, Ben Garner's got everything covered tomorrow. And that leads nicely to the next question about supporting the players psychologically mm. in the game or during the game. It's a little bit of a different approach because I think that we, we know how um keen Ben Garner is on man management and and kind of making players feel loved and building this almost family that has seen Swindon go on such a, a successful run this season. Um and I, I just wondered how much he'll actually be trying to help get the players both physically and psychologically through the game because you know we we could score early on and we're looking good but there's a there's a whole uh, kind of mental aspect to the game and and the occasion itself needs to be kind of judged and, and how to react to those certain situations that occur. And Ben Garner's, you know, got a little bit of a role of a, of a psychologist to play on the touchline tomorrow at times with players. You think? I think so. I think when, you know, we see a lot more of these water breaks happen when players get injured and he's always calling players over to chat. I think he's he's got to be the outlet to try and make sure that no players getting too boiled over or, you know, too lacklustre if we go behind or something like that. He's got to be on it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. It was inevitable that one of you were going to ask about shots on goal and finishing them and making the most of the chances that we were getting because we really should have been three, four up before Port Vale scored. So you asked about being more clinical. I mean, it's going to want to be those things. Of course, he wants us to be more clinical. Everyone does. But we're going to have to take those opportunities at Vale Park, aren't we? Like you said, we should have been three, four and up. I think Josh Davison should have had two goals for his name, as did McCurdy. Um, that one where he kind of had almost like too much time in front of him when one-on-one with the keeper and he, he almost went for this chip that 
just didn't seem to pay off. And then, and then the second when he kind of had a great shooting opportunity as well, and he, he fluffed his lines there. So he needs to be more clinical. I hear a lot of this talk about the fact that he needs to do more. Um, sorry, he does so much off the ball, but he he's a striker. He needs to sometimes put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and of course, Ben Garner, like you heard him there, he's just keen to get these players taking every single chance that comes to them at Fort Vale. Because let's not be funny, Swindon should probably create at least three chances per half. And if they take every single one of those opportunities, then then they're laughing their way to Wembley. Oh, it would be so nice to make it to Wembley. I really want to go there with no stress. I want us to see a score at Wembley. And to do that, we have to get past these blooming valiants first. And I, I think we'll not have a better chance, really, of going up. I think it's there. I still think all four teams, by at the time of recording, no one's been eliminated yet. And I still think... You know, all four teams will fancy themselves and we've got to do the most. Let's talk predictions. I'm going to say, again, what, what I think. And I think it'll be by the time this episode finishes, it'll be about the third or fourth time. So Port Vale are going to do their thing early on, apply a lot of pressure. I think they're going to score. A scrappy one from a corner or something like that, a scramble. 2-2 um, aggregate. And then I think Swindon are just going to score because, you know, not because we're going to be struggling or anything like that. I think we've got goals in us, haven't we? So I think we're just going to score, we're going to equalise, and then the game will get stretched as Port Vale look to equalise and aggregate again. And that's where a counter-attack will happen and Swindon will win 2-1. I'm going for 2-1 Swindon. Lovely uh, described kind of little analogy there, Rich, of how you see the game playing out. But I think it'll be the opposite. I think Swindon just going to be too switched on in this game. They've got the advantage. They're hungry to prove themselves again. I'm going to go for Swindon to score two early goals, Vale to pull one back late on and Swindon to, to grab a third on the counter and 3-1 Swindon off to Wembley we go. Oh my goodness. And then we get to talk to each other again. We do, we do. And uh, I get to go to Wembley uh, and cover Swindon Town for my last game. So that would be some occasion. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm sure I'll drag you on in some capacity if Swindon don't make it. Otherwise... Hopefully, here's a Wembley presser coming up. Ryan, thank you very much. Rich, thank you. Goodbye. The flick here is seized on by Johnny Williams for Swindon Town. On the scene now riding is McCurdy. McCurdy goes on! And they have a goal back! Back by popular demand, it's Steve. Hello, Steve. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> are you rich? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, very well, thank you very much. Um, all the better for that having that slight advantage after the first leg. But yes, I did get a good few requests asking for a Veil fan to come on after the success of the last conversation. So I'm not going to change it up. I'm going to bring the exact same person back. <laughs> so it's good to have you. So... Let's get straight to it because we don't need to know about Port Vale season or background. We know about, all about that from the last pod, so we can focus on the first leg and the second leg. Unfortunately, for you guys, it tends to happen quite often when we we have a fat when we have fans in the Stratton Bank. Oh, you got wet. Sorry about that. Yeah, to be honest, prisoners of war have been treated better than we were treated on Sunday. It put is on the back foot from the start. Um, for the game as well, you anybody? I saw a lot of criticism of Vale fans not making much noise, which I think's really, really unfair. In a stand with well, there's no roof with the wind blowing a gale in your face. I defy anybody to create 
any sort of atmosphere on the uh, atmosphere, you know, and, and I don't blame Swindon at all. I mean, you guys got the chance to sell more tickets. It, we, it takes away the atmosphere. There's a good noise from the Swindon end and we couldn't respond. And I think that was beneficial to your team. Um, and the, the conditions made us all miserable. You know, the, the studio and that was fine. They were very apologetic. And I, I know the reasons why the ground that is. And we asked you for more tickets. You gave us more tickets on that drive down there. I knew it was open-ended. And we were a couple of my mates were arguing on the way down about is it we're going to get we're going to absolutely drench. One was saying it wasn't. The one who said we were going to get drenched was right. So we knew what we were getting into. But the twelve o'clock kickoff, there's no chance people to get a beer first. And I think the home advantage from an atmosphere point of view definitely favoured you guys. It's not a big thing at all, but it did put us on the back foot. And I have to eat a bit of humble pie because. Uh, Without getting all crowd nonce and uh, who's got more fans and all that stuff, we've had that for years off Stoke. I thought Vale would have sold more tickets than they did. Um, we only, I thought we'd sold nearly two thousand, and we think we only took nearly seventeen hundred. And people can argue amongst themselves whether that's really disappointing or whether that's a decent effort. I don't know. I don't pass comment. I just attend games, and everyone else does what they need to do. And I think a lot of that noise on social media is the sort of very loud minority and I think and I said this in in a recent pod I I think a lot of what happened was you know social media and your bubble makes you think there's a demand that might not be there and people were queuing overnight thinking fairly that this is going to go like within within 30 minutes of sale and that that didn't happen but it it doesn't really matter no no just I think the problem with the overnight queuing was if Vale Vail do quite a lot right these days, what we don't do right is ticketing. And there was the Exeter fiasco, which wasn't Vale's fault. To cut a very long story short, you could buy tickets off the Exeter website about a month ago, and people who'd not been to many Vale games were piling in. And then so then they didn't know whether to honour them, and that really... So instead of having 1,500 tickets, there was actually about 900. People got scared. But Vale's ticketing is an absolute shambles and it's something they need to work on we'll we'll move on (laughs) well Swindon aren't holier than thou when it comes to ticketing this season has had its obstacles and I'm sure when we made the playoffs they celebrated and went oh no we've got to do tickets for this game (laughs) so so I I imagine um, for various reasons that they uh, just as a well We've, we've had a few uh, sham bollock moments, but we've got through them and we keep buying tickets. So that's all yeah, that and, matters. And, so, and you've sold out for Thursday, which is a cracking effort. And you'll have a nice roof over your head. I mean, I, I have emailed the chair, Carol or chair lady, to ask her to, ask her to whip the roof off the bicard stand <laughs> and turn the sprinklers on to give you a, a, a real a real sample of atmosphere. But I don't think she'll be doing that. If you take the roof off, can we have it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a little known fact that the main stand at Vale behind the goal is the, is the old roof from Chester City. Our former oh. chairman, a used car dealer, and a nifty wheeler dealer of ever there was when he bought it off from Lock, Stock and Barrel, and it's still there now. But yeah, no, yeah, it, it, well, you know, crowds are crowds. You know, it's it should be. I think there won't be as many. I think Vale have sold nine and a half thousand tickets already. Whether they sell any more, I don't know. So we might get ten thousand fans. You'll have two thousand two hundred. Roaring you on because you know you can get a good atmosphere in the by cars when when there's plenty of people there, so it, it it should be good. Fingers crossed. But we'll stay with the first leg then. So the feeling that 
Port Vale went into this game with very David Flickcroft-esque um, <laughs> tactics, which was to, you know, I think his word is agricultural. Um, what what did you think in that respect? I, I think there are two sides to this tale. There is the Swindon side, which says that we went around and kicked you off the park. Um, we had no interest in trying to play football against your midfield. And there's our side, which say you're the likes of Johnny Williams and McCurdy go down way too easily. McCurdy and Williams, as well as being excellent players, could probably make a second career as referees. And I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, you know, I've watched a lot of football, but I don't profess to be a football expert. And, and I have listened to your guy, Dave, and I thought it was excellent. That game panned out pretty much as anybody expected. You've got very, very good players in midfield. And if we weren't going to get about them, we would have been absolutely stupid. You know, we've, we've, we, if we didn't put pressure on Johnny Williams, then, you know, he, he, just, he just stroll around knocking the ball about. So we're not going to stand off him. I mean, were we a bit tough on the tackle? I can't. I'm going to say we probably were on the on the hard side of fair, you know. But I think we had to do that, and I don't think you know there's more than one way of winning a football game, and you've got to use what you've got. I mean, without our two best midfielders, our two most creative midfielders in Walker and Conlon, so that's a problem. And the lads we've got on midfield. They get about the pitch. They like to do the ratting, and they do put a tackle in. So the game panned out. We could not let. I mean, I thought we were really disciplined. We could not let your midfield get get goal side of us because if you did, you would have you would have tore us apart. And I think that when you did create your chances, it was after we'd been pushing forward, and there was space between the midfield and the defence, and and it showed what. A, I mean, like I, I said before the game, you are a very very good side with very good players. And I still stand by that. Many Swindon fans will be very disappointed that we conceded and more so that it probably should have been 3-0 up before before Port Vale scored. So it, although obviously you want at least to go to the second leg with a draw, even better a win, that one goal deficit is nothing really no. in the grand scheme of things. So you've got to be quite heartened or were you quite heartened on the way back because of that yeah because of the, that late goal the, the tie swung when when you didn't go three nil up and we pulled one back there were you had a couple of decent chances I think McCurdy was sliding in missed one the guy when Aaron Martin slipped who couldn't get it out of his feet and dinked it over a bar that game finishes two nil I would have said it was 70-30 in your favour if it had finished three nil it would be 90-10 and I've not experienced many playoff games. And the momentum changed dramatically when, Will, when Willow scored. And if he'd scored the header at the end, well, first of all, it would have been daylight robbery because we did not deserve to get anything out of that game. The best, the best side won. And I think 2-1, well, the stats don't suggest it because I've just looked at them. I think 2-1, we got away with one. What happens at our place is, of course, different. Um, but yeah, I, I think we were happier going home than we would have. I would have taken being one behind. If you just said to me before I got drenched, right, you can you can drive back home. You'll be you'll lost three two two one one nil. Will you take that? I think the vast majority of Vale fans would have would have taken that. Now I know you've got a very good away record and all that 
sort of stuff. But we're still in the game and we're very much in the game. Had we been 2-0 down, chasing the game from the off, it had recipe for disaster. I mean, would you say that a lot of your fans think the job's done? It's an impression, it's an impression I've got from, from some of them we were talking to on the way out. You know, they think that, and your, and your manager as well, you know, he was talking about how the, the pitch at Vale will suit you and it's definitely true. It suited you last time and you've got players to exploit that. But I did get, not from you, I have to say, but I got the impression that, you know, you think, I think you guys think you're more than halfway there, so to speak. Is that fair or not? I can't speak on behalf no. of every fan. I, I would definitely say that the the squad and the manager won't think it's done. One big example of that is when Swindon went on the pitch at Walsall at the end of the season when we secured our playoff place. People like Harry McCurdy were essentially saying it's not over yet. We've still got three games. You yeah, know, I and saw him do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and we have had players and squads previously that would have allowed themselves to go on the shoulders of fans, you know, and lap it up. But they were not interested in that at all. You know, it's hard to to gauge a reaction from post match because they've got to say, you know, we're halfway there, etc. Some fans will be giddy and they'll think they'll be booking their hotels in London and and travel. Of course, they will. Every everyone does that. Yeah, of course, but I they don't, do. Of course. I I don't think there is any widespread sort of arrogance and I think it would be daft to be that way. We've been in the playoffs a lot more than Port Vale over the years and we've had these games, whether they've gone our way in the second leg or not, we've had tight advantages. Uh, You know, um, Charlton Athletic, we beat them 2-1 in very similar circumstances, actually. We went 2-0 up and then we conceded a silly goal and then we had a bit of a not a horror show at, at the Valley because we got to the final, but it was one of the most stressful experiences I think many Swindon fans have had because we did everything we could to lose that game, but we we, we dragged ourselves to penalty shootout. So I think I think if there's any bravado, you know, it, it's not the majority. And I don't, you know, as somebody who does look at Swindon socials and uh, there's no strangers account follows pretty much every Swindon fan that's, that's out there, I, I'm not seeing let's go and have a great time and watch Swindon win 2-0, 3-0. I don't think that's the case at all. And in fact, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Port Vale score early on against Swindon at Vale Park, but maybe we sort of equalise and it, it plays out as a 1-1 or something like that. I don't see us going there and absolutely tonking you, but they do prefer those bigger pitches, which Port Vale has. You know, we are good away from home, but so are you guys. And I do expect us to progress, but I don't, I don't think it's done. Yeah, no, I, yeah, maybe I'm not. I'm, I'm not being meant to be disparaging. I think you fancy. I think you fancy chances is a good way of putting it, and rightly so. I mean, you know, you've got the players who can exploit our pitch, and um, and I also, I'm like you. I think Vale could. We agree pretty much. I think you Vale could score early, but I will be amazed if Swindon don't score at least one. I'll be absolutely. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be. You know. You know, McCurdy aside, you've, you've got dangerous players. Um, the lad at the back, the French lad, what was he called? Uh, he was he was outstanding on, on Sunday. <laughs> you know, um, but you know he's progressive on the ball. You'll definitely score at our place. Whether we can score enough to beat you, do you know what? I have my doubts. I really do. Here's the reason why I'm I'm more confident, and I'm not any Swindon fan listening to this, and I hope there are some. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I am confident that we'll progress, 
And the reason for that is, is because you've really got to go at Swindon, which will, will create openings, I think, for our attack. And we are quite rapid oh, going yeah. from, from our box to, to the other. So if you've, if, if sort of, we'll try and sort of keep the, the lead. We'll, we'll look to score regardless because Garner says we, we want, we don't want to go to Port Vale and play for a draw. We want to go there and win. Um, so we'll, we'll look for our opportunities, but, um, Port Vale will have to try and get that goal. So if Swindon weather any early storm, then there will be openings, and that's that's why I'm confident. Yeah, I think. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. I think you're right to be, and that's why I think if we'd have been two 0 down, it was game over because we would have we would have had to be more um, more adventurous from the start. But one nil down, you know, you don't really need to start chucking the kitchen sink at it till the last twenty minutes, do you? If it's still nil, two nil down, there would have been so many holes in our, you know, in our. In our defence, that I, I, you know, if I was, if we go through, and I hate saying this, I don't hate saying this, I would be surprised. I think, I, you know, I think you've got the players to, um, to hurt us, and I think we'll score because I think there was times in the game when we when we had you rocking. Once we scored that second goal, I think we, you know, when we. And a lot of it depends on, we'll get onto it in a bit, but Jamie Proctor, if he's fit to play, um, that makes us a lot stronger. So I think we'll score, but I just don't think we'll be able to stop you guys scoring at least once. And I think that's what will decide the game, you know. Let's talk about your starting eleven from the first leg because there were a few surprises. Um, well, it was a surprise for me because I kind of assumed that Mal Benning would come into the team. Yeah, so did we. I didn't know about Proctor, <laughs> but... <laughs> in came um, the very experienced Worrell. In came Charlesley, Harry Charlesley, who 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 went off, um, who went off yeah. at half time. What well, what? There's going to be changes, isn't there? Inevitably, we are very much managing our in- our injuries. Proctor has been carrying a knock for about three weeks, and I don't think they wanted ever to bring him. I don't think there was any intention to bring him on the pitch. We we had to. I think the idea of uh, playing Gibbons on the um, on the left hand side was to deal with McCurdy, which went well. Um, Gibbons is a very very good player, but he's been injured a lot and he's not up to match fitness. I mean, the the goal, the first goal was terrible from our point of view. We conceded a silly corner, and Gibbo just switched off. McCurdy made a really good run; it was a good header as well, but. He was allowed the he was allowed the freedom of the um, of the county ground to do that. Well, the second goal was similar. Gibbo didn't, didn't track him again, so we we set out to nullify McCurdy, and that's why Gibbo played. It didn't work. We actually looked better when Benning came on and Gibbo switched sides. Um, Charlesley has played has been a really really good signing for us, but he's not fit. So it was a question of. Could we get forty-five minutes out of him? And I think that's another issue. I don't know about about you guys, but um, I think you know what, whether you'll you'll be carrying knocks as well. But we are very much the walking wounded. And if we do, I think one of the guys I'm in a in a, one of my veil groups, he was saying, you know, it'll take a, a lot of adrenaline for those players to get us over the line on Thursday. And I think that's where the changes were made. And when we come to th- this Thursday night. Our team will very, very much depend on who's fit to play. I think. Yeah, we we have only two players that would probably play in this game, 
out Jordan Lydon, who's been long term, and Rob Hunt, who would have definitely started. What about the goalkeeper? Well, the goalkeeper, yeah, he's fit, but Lewis Ward um, has played every minute of this five-game winning streak. I was, and, I was really, I was impressed by him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, 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 I prefer Jojo Wallacott as an all-round player, but. You, you can't you can't drop Lewis Ward now. I, I I do suspect maybe that JoJo is off in the summer and Lewis Ward is contracted to next year. So you know this is kind of win win really. Lewis Ward is the future probably for Swindon. But yeah, kicking aside, he's he's doing he's doing fine, Lewis Ward. Um, but in terms of our squad depth. Because of embargoes and things like that, we don't really have it. The 11 that we've got now are pretty much the 11. that they will be the 11 that start at Bell Park. And if it gets to Wembley, touch wood, it will be the 11 that starts at Wembley too. So um, we don't have much depth um, beyond the 11 that we've got. The substitutions that we made were mostly defensive. And those would be the three players that would probably come on tomorrow sorry on Thursday and if we got to Wembley too so it, it really yeah. is we are down to that 11 but luckily it's a very good 11 so we, we're not we're not really suffering the loss of Hunt and Leiden um, that much it's it, in terms of management of injuries we've been doing it all season long because Johnny Williams hasn't has, is, is a notoriously injury yeah player, he always has been yeah he always exactly has been. Baudry, the 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 defender that you cited all season long, in and out. Ellis Iandolo's had the best season he's had ever in terms of performance and fitness. The other seasons, he's been in and out of the squad injured. So they've really managed this squad very, very well. So in terms of the second leg, do you expect Charsley to be out this time coming and then Taylor come in? Or yeah, I, I think expect? I think it will depend. If, if Charles is fit, we will, we will do the same again. I mean, I was Charsley and... Um... Garrity played slightly different roles. Garrity sat in more. And we, we was, you know, there's no doubt about it. We were very, very wary of getting your of letting your midfield get goal side of us. And Garrity is very, very disciplined, but Garrity's got 13 goals, and he's got that by having the license to really push on in a three-man midfield. Um I know I, the other guy said, was it Dave said that we did we pick three midfielders to nullify your your midfield? Well, that may have how it been the loop, but we've played with three midfielders all season, so it, we didn't change the system to you know because we were against you, but we did change the way <clears throat> the positions of certain players and Garrity and Pet just, just did sit in. I think in the home leg you will see Garrity push on more because he's a real goal threat. He's good in the air and he's got a good habit of arriving at the right time. And he and he can finish, so I think you'll see Garrett Garrity push on, um, and whether Charlesley or Charlesley and Taylor are different players. Taylor is a is an excellent player, but he's not he's been injured pretty much all season, and he's not up to speed. Um, so I'm not sure whether the management genuinely fancy him either. But with Taylor's, Taylor's only in the squad as it needs most because we've got so many injuries. But you know he's 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 good and he can. And he's neat and tidy on the ball. Um, but he's not um, what you guys would call agricultural. He's not a massive fix nor a John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he's more he's more of a footballer. He's, but he's not as good a footballer as your midfield as Jack Payne and Johnny Williams. So I think that's the thing. But the big thing for us is up front. If Proctor's any sort, anywhere near fit and he can play, 
it gives us a good ch- it gives us a, a really good chance of making a good game of it. If he's not, we struggle to hold the ball up, and even though we're at home, we, you could have a lot more of the possession, and you could, and you, we could, you could, we could find you playing in front of us again, and we find it difficult to to turn your defence, which is something we're going to have to do. I feel like Jamie Proctor has played for pretty much everyone. Um, but this is his this is his best season, individual season by far, isn't it, that he's having with you guys? Yeah, and you know, we've progressed a lot as a club. We've got a lot of sports scientists and stuff, we've got a lot of coaching staff. And like 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 you've done, we've managed players' fitness really well. And Proctor has always been very injury prone. And I get the impression that other clubs like Crawley, when there was no budget and stuff, he was just told to play until they broke him. Well, that's not happened at Vale. Um, he's been, he's been, they've all been managed properly, and we've got, and that's why we've got the best of him. I think, to be honest, the season's just a bit too long for him. You know, he's he's played more games than he's ever played, and I think he needs a rest. To, you know, he's not got like a an impact injury or a cruciate league or anything serious. I think it's just wear and tear and fatigue on a player who wasn't used to playing that many games in a season. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, neither fans were particularly happy with Ross Joyce, the referee, um, this <laughs> or last weekend. This week we have Seb Stockbridge. He's not officiated us that much this season. You guys had him for your three 0 win against Colchester. We haven't had him since January. 2021 but it was a really big game a 3-2 win at Ipswich where Scott Twine scored a really incredible goal five red cards 111 uh, yellow cards in 36 games this season which is about three three a game isn't it that's not too bad um, and he's also officiated the Papa John's trophy final so you know they're weeding out the the league two big gun big game, exp- uh, big, game, game. big game experience <laughs> <laughs> he's he yeah I, I, if we start with the referee from Sunday if you're unhappy with him and we're unhappy with him that probably suggests he didn't do a bad job uh, you know should we have had a could we have picked up a booking early on I think we probably could have but in a game like that, they're, they're wary of dishing out a yellow card because if you set that precedent, you could finish up at eight aside. Um, how, and I'm not just saying this because it's him, how McCurdy didn't get booked for that blatant dive and then lag on the ground throwing a tantrum is a, is a mystery. And you guys, I know we're good at it as well, but you guys are really good at shit housing. Your players, your players know how to go down when the, when the, when the time's right, you know, I'm not criticising you at all for that. You know, it's I hate it, but you know we do it as well. But you're you're good at the dark arts, Johnny Williams. He's he could he could, he could get a whistle in his hand as well as being a really talented footballer. So I think the ref, you know, like I said, you're unhappy, we're unhappy. He's probably a seven out of ten, and he didn't really have any massive decisions to make, did he? There was no big penalty shouts or handball shouts. There was no really rash tackle that, oh, Christ, should he be sent off or something like that. So we'll see what Thursday's game brings and whether, you know, your play, you know, like the likes of McCurdy when he, when he tries to wind up the crowd and the other, and our players, because there seemed to be a bit going on there, whether that's going to make it a harder game for him to ref. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're mouthy, I think, over everything. We're quite a mouthy team. And again, holier than thou is is the key uh, phrase. And I'm not going to um, say that we are because we're absolutely not. But, no, um, neither are we. Neither are we. There's no doubt about it. And a general chat aside is I hate it. I think it should be clamped down on the shit housing that goes on. 
not Vale, not Swindon, everywhere, every game I watch. I mean, you're lucky Lucas Covlin isn't playing because if we were 2-0 up after, um, say, 20 <laughs> minutes, he could shit out a life of it. He pulled his hamstring three times in one game. It just kept rolling around on the floor. So Lucas could make a game stretch to about 130 minutes with no extra time. So, you know, and we, li- we like a drinks break as well. You know, again, like you, we're not holier than thou. But a couple of your guys were going down, holding the heads up at you moments, and you know, and it was got to slow that game down. You got to slow yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, it's it's not a criticism because everybody does it. I hate it, but like I say, we're, we're no angel, we're no angels either. And if you don't do it, you're at a disadvantage, aren't you? But I just, think, I just think you're. Your automatic promotion material for the shit housing for that type oh, of thing. Oh yeah, e i e i e i o. I think we've done really well to get twenty seven minutes so far out of this. So we'll, we'll begin to wrap up. So we'll go with a, another head and heart prediction from you because I mean, if if this goes your way, it's going to be one of the great nights for Port Vale, isn't it? Yeah, um, my my head says Vale will win two 0 Sorry, my heart says Vale. Vale could win two 0 An early goal, we sc- we reside, we survive a lot of pressure, and we score with about five minutes to go. My head says that's not going to happen. My head says you could win two one or three two, because as I've said all the way through, I can't see you not scoring. And you've got players who can hurt us. You've got players with a point to prove. The pitch suits you. The if it's, it's very wet here now, where I, I live about ooh, seven or eight miles from Vale, and the pitch will be fast, it will suit you. So my head, my head says that, that you will go through, and if you did go through on the evidence of the first leg, it would be it, it would be the best team will go through, but it would be deserved, you know. And I'd I just hope that whoever wins, it's not a stupid contentious decision, you know, or like a bad penalty for either. Well, if it's us, I'll take it, obviously. I'd, I'd hate for something, you know, like McCurdy to take a dive and you get the penalty and stuff like that. Because what I do think is there's potential if you win and your and your supporters spill onto the pitch, our supporters will um, will follow suit. You know, and I think there is potential for it to be a little bit um, a little bit naughty, you know. Should should it should it be tight and should it be settled controversially? But yeah, my heart says we we could do it. My head says I'd be surprised. What, what do you think? Those listening will already hear my prediction, so I, I think I'm going to go with two one Swindon again. I think Port Vale will equalise on aggregate, and I think Swindon will sort of score a goal, which Port Vale will be disappointed with the defending on, and then I think Swindon will just snatch it at some point. Um, well, go out of sight because the game will get stretched. So I'm going two one on the night. Yeah, I don't think I do. Right, I think we we pretty much are on the same hymn sheet how it will how it will go. You know, I think there's there's potential for us to win it, but we'll need to build up a head of steam. We'll need to get some set pieces. It will need to camp in your art in your half a bit, just to see what you're made of. Get the crowd behind us. But you've got players who can take the sting out of the game, and I don't mean negatively, like by rolling around, but by just keeping on keeping hold of the ball. You know, and I think that could be that that could be an issue whether we have enough of the ball. And I don't know, but yeah, it's um, I just hope it's a good game and. And I hope you know that you can invite me on after the, after the game, and I can say Swindon were very unlucky in. <laughs> you know, and good luck next year. But you know, if you invite me back on and say to talk about you actually giving us a Tonkin, then then so be it. But I do think Swindon are in the better position 
and I do think that that there's a lot that there's a lot of pluses for you guys. That's not to say we can't win. I'm not being defeated at all, but I think I would rather be you than me at the moment. Well, let's see how it goes. Until then, Steve, thank you very much. Let's see what Thursday brings. <laughs> The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. How do I live without you? <laughs> the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.